episode of Fermented Adventure, the podcast is brought to you by Fermented Adventure. Dolan, we have merchandise. Yes, we do. How do people find our merchandise? They need to go onto our website at fermentedadventure.com and click on the apparel tab. So go to fermentedadventure.com and click on the apparel tab. And what will they find? They will find our Fermented Adventure, the podcast shirt, may contain alcohol, and we have a couple specials that we just did. Uh, Cerveza made me do it, and tequila made me do it. Now, this is perfect for spring break, Cinco de Mayo, or even the summer, and you'll look really cool, and you'll be able to say, hey, it wasn't me, it was tequila or cerveza that made me do it. Yes, that's true. We have different things. We have shirts, we have glasses. What are some of the other things we have in there? Women's stuff, men's stuff, tank tops. Tanks, tees, sweatshirts, pullover hoodies, you name it. You name it, we have it, and more to come, right? More to come. FermentedAdventure.com. Click on the apparel tab. Buy the merchandise. Cheers! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Shane, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, F.A. Nation, let's meet our guests. He's Sterling Sowerby. I'm Rich Shane. Dawn Ramirez here, and this is Fermented Adventure, the podcast. Today we get to sit down with Sterling. Sterling is the owner of the Flying Dutchman food truck. And if you know anything about Fermented Adventure, you know that we love our food trucks. But this is by far one of our favorites. When we see that you're at a beer festival or a brewery or a winery, it's even more exciting that we get to see you too. Sterling, the one, the only owner of the Flying Dutchman food truck. How did all that get started? How did that get started? Well, first of young man, it's not Dutchman, it's Deutschman. Deutschman, thank you. It's for German. And okay. I represent the German food culture. The real German food culture. I guess that's why people know me. Uh, how did it get started? It got started because my sister-in-law dropped the name right over there, on that seat over there. She said, you could be the flying Deutschman. And when I heard that name, all the bells and whistles in my brain just went bonkers and I, I, I instantly saw this Disney themed pirate ship food truck that is chasing the flying Dutchman legend across the oceans. So that was basically the, the base idea of it all. So was the truck invented and conceptualized before the culinary career or how? No. No. Okay. No, 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 no. I, I had a long culinary career before that. What were some of the influences or what brought about the idea of presenting German heritage? You could have done a lot of things, it sounds like. Well, yeah, the German heritage is, is I, 
really easy. I mean, I am not really German, but I grew up in Germany, so I had restaurants in Germany. This, this is all easy to me. Uh, my friends that have restaurants over there, all these dishes that I'm doing are basis of a real German restaurant. What is different is when I went out and looked at food trucks, well, I don't call them food trucks really. I, I, no, they don't really serve food. They serve an Americanized version of their local food. Not all of them. There are some really good ones too, but a lot of them, all they do is take whatever it is they have in their country, slap it on a sandwich, and then uh, it's, it's the newest hit in town. The latest one that comes to mind is this whole bang mi craze, or you know, the Vietnamese. I looked it up, the word means sandwich. I mean, seriously, you know, what the hell do you think, we're all idiots or something? <laughs> See, one of the great things is when you meet Sterling and you go to the Flying Deutschman, am I saying that correctly? That's correct. Good. Yes. When you meet Sterling at the Flying Deutschman, you, you get your personality. It's not just the food, it's also your personality. It's the rock music, it's the music being played, it's your... It's everything. It's the environment that you bring about. Is, is that well, all part of it too? Yes. So, when I looked around, I went down to Temple in, in Philadelphia because the first years I started in Philadelphia, it's just a big city. There's more people, you know, and the likelihood that you will sell something with two and a half million people around is much higher as if you're sitting in a village out here somewhere. So I went down there and I looked at these food trucks and reality was they were selling fast food. They were selling exactly the same stuff that, that, that the, the fast food chains are selling. Right. You know, like Kentucky Fried Chicken or, or whatever they're called now, these, these, all these outlets. So my, my basic idea was at that point, I'm going to put a real restaurant on this truck. I'm not just going to do one German thing like my competitors, the German ones that are around, around the country. When you look at their menus, they all have these slight Americanized versions. So they sell a bratwurst sandwich with sauerkraut. I'm not saying you can't get that in Germany. Yes, you can. But it's on the big events where millions of people, thousands of people run around. So obviously... If you sell that many of something, the quality will suffer. I didn't want to do that. I come from a pretty decent restaurant, shall we say, background. So I wanted to bring some of that flair with me onto the truck. That's what it's really about. It's about bringing a real restaurant with the entertainment, with the knife and fork, with the plate, with the napkins. I mean, some of my competitors, they go out, they sell a grilled cheese sandwich and they don't even have a freaking goddamn napkin. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you want to be in customer service, you need to know what customer service is. And that a lot comes from your background. What year did the, the, the food truck for you, what year did all this start? The idea, oh, I, I don't remember. It was like we started in 2013, so that year. So you've been doing this almost 10 years now. Eight. Eight years now. Okay. Now, a lot of the foods that you do, and you said you've been a chef or you are a chef and you come from Germany. I hope. What were some of those restaurants that you ran and, uh, you know... Th they were mine. They, they were, were yours. I, I was owner-operator. And what town is with, this? Or what towns, what towns are these in? The first one was in a little village called Koppenbrügge. 1,200 people. I turned the little local tavern into a disco. So... Much to the demise of the older population. Population. So you also to said you beer in all peace and quiet. <laughs> you also said you did DJ work as well, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I, before I started my own 
disco. I worked as a DJ in, in, a, in a couple of nightclubs in our area. Yes. Now you opened up this in, in this small little hamlet. You ran that. You created a little uproar with the citizenry, right? Yeah, obviously. But, I always do somehow. But it seems as though you still grew your following. You still improved and you, know, you, you became well recognized in the town. Well, Blackbeard is well recognized, right? <laughs> well, that is so, true. <laughs> uh, it's, if you're a pirate, you're a pirate. That's it. What's your attraction to pirates? Look at Johnny Depp. <laughs> well, that's a whole different story, isn't it? What, uh-huh. What's your attraction to pirates, and, and, and how does that fit? Just look at me. I, I mean, no. I, how does that fit? Yeah. <laughs> I've been a rebel my whole year. Okay. My whole life. My whole life. So the pirate, Somebody tells me to do something. You go the other way. I, either that or I get explicit. Okay. Well, don't do that here. We'll, no, we're, I, we're, that's we're, why we're gonna, I used the word explicit. We're I'm gonna, being careful here. Okay, we're going we're gonna to go that way. But what I would ask is, you, know, you, you kind of came up with this Disney-esque thing. So the pirate is okay. more of uh, it's more of what you have as a personality, too. Right, 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 right. It's not just, hey, we thought of a pirate theme. It really expresses your personality. Yes, it does. Yes, exactly. Who have been or who are some of your influences food-wise? Growing up, was it family? Was it somebody that, uh, family yes. friend? No, well, two things. Growing up in, in, in my house was, first off, we grew our own food. So we had a huge garden. And by huge, I mean as big as my property here is an acre. And we grew our own vegetables and our own potatoes and our own fruit. So grandma we would harvest it, bring it home. It got turned either into marmalade, the food, and then cooked into glasses, uh, preserved, in some form preserved for the wintertime. So that was one side of the exposure. Then the cooking of my grandmother, who basically grew all the food and then cooked it all for us. So I was exposed to that side from really, really little childhood on. And then the second part of it was I opened a restaurant, which let's not get too deep into it, but it didn't work out for numerous reasons. And I realized that if you're not a chef, you don't know shit about a restaurant. So you need to look, if you want to stay in this business and you want to, to stay in the hospitality business, you do need to know what's going on in the back of the house. So that led to the next step where I, moved to another town, a bigger town, and I started a restaurant there with another friend of mine who was a trained chef, and he trained me. So that's how that all started, this whole chef thing. And then I think with 27, I, I, I came over here. Uh, no, wait, wait, I didn't come over here. But with 27, when I moved to Hamburg and I started that, that's when I made in my head that decision that, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I didn't know exactly what shape and way it would take, but I knew I would stay in the hospitality industry, in the service industry. Now, for you, the food is something, based on even how you grew up, you, you treat the food, you, you're very intentional about yes. what you make. I mean, yes. we've had your food a number of times. We Like I said, we love when we say, oh, we're going to this brewery and Sterling's going to be there and that's exciting for us, but... There's a way that you have a direction and an intentionality towards your cooking. Yes. Talk about that. What are your, some of your philosophies in cooking? Well, the, the, with this menu, there's not too much of the philosophy in it. It's more like 
intentional not Americanizing it. That's what I'm trying to point out here. Because if you do that, you destroy actually the original culture of the food. Now, if I would do... Like I have right now, sauerbraten in there. That would be much more an authentic dish for Germany than all the others that I do. I'm not saying they're not authentic. Yes, they are. You find them in every restaurant. But they're also a little bit more towards what's called the fast food thing. A schnitzel is done in, in three minutes. No, it's just as fast as a burger. Or even faster, most likely, because we do it in the fryer. No? So... It is about how we serve the food, how it is presented. That is really what makes it original, what makes it German, and what represents our culture. And that's what I'm bringing out. And you can do the same thing with English food, with French food, with Portuguese food, with, with South American food, with whatever. You really express a, a deep pride I get a deep sense of pride from you in your culture, in your food, where you've come from, your I, background. No, 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 no. That's no. totally wrong. I'm not proud of my culture. Okay. I, I, because then you become nationalistic, and I'm definitely not nationalistic. Food is something where the culture is important, I think, because it, it, it represents a certain style of eating. That doesn't mean necessarily that I agree with German politics or German conservatism or servant, whatever. You know what I mean? That's a totally different ballgame. For me, what's important is that we concentrate on the food because food unites people. Anything else, we all argue about. But if you get something good to eat, you say, oh, wow, that's good. Huh? How did you do that? And you get in, into, a, into a conversation over that food with a different culture. You can come from anywhere in the world. I have people coming up from Japan eating my food going, oh, wow, no, <laughs> I didn't expect that. Now, eight years, as you said, you've been working on Heidi, which is the name of the Flying Deutschman. How did Heidi, where did that come from? That was supposed to be my name, actually. Oh, <laughs> Heidi was supposed to be your name. Yes, and I'm not a sweet transvestite. Okay, well, there's a whole conversation there. And were they surprised you 90. came out... <laughs> 1959, when I was born, there was no ultrasound. So they didn't know if okay. I would be a girl or a boy. Gotcha. My mom was 100% convinced I would be a girl. Hence, the name would be Heidi. And then I popped out. And then you transferred that name to your food truck. <laughs> exactly. My mom died a couple of years ago. And, and, and so in, in order to honor her, I said, I'm going to name the truck Heidi. Oh, that's a nice tribute. Hopefully she will hear it. That's awesome. What you've seen, though, in the last eight years, you've seen a huge transformation in the craft scene as it applies to food trucks. Would you, would you say that you've been part of that revolution, though? I don't see a revolution. You don't? What I do you do see? I don't see a revolution. I'm sorry. I, go That's to, okay. Go, go to my website and you'll see exactly what I mean. I, 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 I made that comment there as well. See, when you want to do a revolution, right... You right. want to change something. These kids out there with the food trucks, they don't want to change shit. Okay. They just want to sell a thousand of whatever it is they try to offer. A thousand grilled cheese sandwiches, a thousand burgers, a thousand tacos, a thousand this, a thousand that. But they're not coming out to really represent a certain eating culture. Okay. Right? It's not... All tacos in Mexico, I'm sorry. There's a lot of other oh. things. And the way when you go to a Mexican restaurant, a real Mexican restaurant, the way the food is served is also 
Not totally different, but a little, a little bit different. No? And I, like I said, I, I do have a couple of food truck fans that go in that direction, right? But they're also, A, they are real chefs. So they, they think a little bit more about their food, most likely, and have a little bit more pride in it. If you reflect in your experiences, you've seen where food trucks have become more desired yes. and associated with a lot of the craft businesses out there. Yes. Breweries, yes. wineries. We, we, the first time we met you was at Liquid Alchemy down in Wilmington, still Delaware. There. Still there. They're still there. And you're still there. And you're still there. And you're still one of the, you know, people rave when they know you're going to be there. That is true. No, I, I take that. I'm not going to say anything to it. I take that compliment. Thank you. I wonder, though, in your mind, do you recognize, do you feel like you've been part of that? transformation of the craft scene to where as a consumer for Dawn and I, we want to see a food truck there or we want to see food and you're right, the good ones who stick to that focus of being more maybe authentic or maybe quality driven, that increases the experience. It does. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do for, you the, see for the consumer, coming to a truck like mine is way, way, way more exciting than going no, like I said, to any old pizza, burger, taco truck. What would you like to see? I mean, are there are there are there dishes that you haven't made yet? Are there foods that you still <laughs> want to bring about that you want to introduce? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot in my head. You, well, you, get you, it out you of your head. Let's you, hear it. You're, enter, you're entering <laughs> Van, Gogh, Van Gogh of the kitchen. Good. Let's talk. So, let's talk Van Gogh. All right. So my my plan. I have a plan that is a little bit flexible. Either a nice restaurant. So I come from a James Beard Awarding restaurant. I do know what I'm talking about. And I have friends that work in Michelin star restaurants. So I'm exposed to this little bit, what I call more elegant style of cooking. And I'm not 100% sure if I will go that way or not. Because I, I do need a team that can actually execute all these things. Now, you can't have somebody that can't hold a French knife work in a Michelin star restaurant. That's not going to fly. They can't do... I'm not going to say the word again. Okay, got it. I'm all right. Good. <laughs> but, so that, that's one avenue that I'm looking at. And the other one is a restaurant that's going to be basically selling right now the Flying Deutschman food. But it has to be big enough so I can run four trucks out of it. So my, my plan is to have the Flying Deutschman to add the Flying Englishman next, which actually my friend Gordon Ramsay is just starting, a son of a gun. <laughs> okay. Then the Flying Frenchman, and then the Flying Vegan. So the Flying Vegan is because Vicky is a vegan, and I said, if we do this concept, then you will be the one running the vegan and then making the menu for the vegan and all that. And then the Flying Frenchman, well, I'm classically French trained, so I want to bring... Not a crepe truck. I want to bring a real French food truck. And the same goes for the English one because now I'm half English. So to my, to honor my English side of my own personal, this is kind of the concept that I have. So I will have four food trucks all basically running in the same exact way the Flying Deutschman runs. And since I already have these symbiotic relationships with all the, the breweries, they're more than happy to say, hey, yeah, we take the other ones too. If they're just as good as the Flying Deutschman is, well, we already have four trucks 
Fourth, I don't know how many they need. They need like ten or so. No, I think. Well, this is almost like you're you're looking at world domination <laughs> in the food truck scene as I see it, and you're culturally no. bringing it with different foods. I because literally, if we show up, at, let's say Liquid Alchemy. And they have four of your concept trucks at mm-hmm. the same time. No, not at the same time. Oh, you wouldn't? So what Every if, week one. Every all right, week one. All right. Initially, my thought, Sterling, was what foods or what recipes or what dishes were you thinking? That my, Where I was going with that is, with the Flying Deutschman, what recipes or what foods haven't you brought to the menu that you would think of doing? I wasn't expecting this whole... Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna have this armada of flying, you know, different kind of trucks that you're yeah, going I'm, to do. I'm kind of my plan is to have a pirate fleet. No, I mean when they when they started in Nassau, it was one and then two and then three and then ten and then hundred. You know, they all come and join you. So if I can demonstrate with four countries that this is possible, I might be able to attract some other people. I want to do the flying Portuguese. I want to do the flying Spaniard. I want to do the flying Italian. It's going to be a pizza truck. You know it already. No, I, the, I don't... The imagination of these people doesn't go with the food. Right. The imagination of these people goes with the dollars. It's like they, they want to invest at Wall Street rather than coming up with something that they like doing from the core of their body. See, with me, this is something I do from the core of my body. I've been doing this for 45 years. It's just absolutely in me. You just, I open the door to my house and you think you come into a, into a restaurant or something because the way I say hello and all that, it just becomes part of you. You live it. Okay, so you're not going to scoop us on any recipes or any oh, dishes that... Well, that... <laughs> oh, <laughs> if you want, I mean, I'm just having one in my refrigerator. No, it's our brought. No, okay. It's something that I do very rarely because it's a very complicated dish. It takes multiple days to, to do. You don't do something like that on the food truck unless you have a barbecue truck and that's, that's all you do. So, no, this is a marinating process. You have to marinate it for two days. Then you have to cook it for like six hours. Then you have to cool it down and you have to slice it, make a sauce out of the fall. No, multiple steps. That's, that's one thing I just worked on it now that I'm going to have this weekend. Then other ones are international schnitzels. So you have to find something on the truck that fits within the theme. Since schnitzel is our biggest seller and the bratwurst, uh, we come up with international schnitzel. So from countries all around the world, I'll take some flavor, some dish, some whatever, and turn it into a German international schnitzel. Right now I'm prepping for what's called the Peruano, which I don't know if you had it or not. No, no. It's, it's, it's something that comes from Peru, and, and uh, it's made with an ahi pepper paste. It's a pretty spicy sauce, like a like a pesto almost, sort of tartar sauce in that direction. Herbs ground together with lemon juice, cilantro, uh, jalapeno peppers, these ahi peppers, mayonnaise, and then it becomes this. this you're making this my dip. mouth water, and this is something that's going to be you're going to be offering on your truck this weekend. Starting this weekend, yeah, oh, for wow. a couple of weeks, and then from there we're going to go. Some people. So we did, at, at this point, we did Schnitzel Hawaii, I think, was the first one. Then came the Ranchero. Then came the, the 
General Charles Schnitzel. That General was, Charles Schnitzel. That was one of mine, like because I hated that chicken that I got from my Chinese takeout guy. <laughs> so I came up with the General Charles Schnitzel. Uh, then this Peruano, and then latest one I tried was a full one. I did a, a borscht schnitzel, so that's like a Russian Polish sort of dish borscht. All that sounds delicious to me. What do you feel like? What is your experience? You, like, talk about. Like, I know from Dawn and I mm -hmm. what it feels like to go somewhere and be a customer. Right. But what's it like for you to? actually live out your vision to live out your passion every day when you see people enjoying your food or asking questions or you're, you're at that brewery like we talked about mm -hmm. what's that how does that resonate with you that is the only reason why i do it that is really this the, that's the glue uh, not the glue that's the fuel that keeps you going uh, it's not the money it really isn't i mean i i i, I make some money i'm not bankrupt but no it's not gigantic number. so we shouldn't start a gofundme page for you just to make sure <laughs> yeah just so i survive most likely but no 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 no. see it's again this this my philosophy sometimes hinders me a little bit but i i'm truly convinced that in the long run i will fare better because i will do something that i really thoroughly enjoy and if you do that in the end you can do it better and longer. I mean, I'm 63 now, and look at me running around, right? So that comes now, from... You, you look like you're in your 40s, easy. You really do. All right, thank you. That is fine, but it comes from always being energetic and always working and always... Uh, even when I, when I was in corporate, I still worked my butt off here at home. I, I turned my property into a nice garden, which doesn't look like anymore. But no, when I had time, people came up and would say, oh, it's like little Longwood, isn't it? Yeah. No? So I always keep myself busy. I always keep my brain moving. I always try to, to stay alert to new influences, like this vegan thing that's coming through the pipes. No? And I truly believe that they have a point. No, we can't all eat animals all the time. Besides the fact that we're killing them cruel like, like hell. And I, I'm saying that and I'm selling schnitzel. I know I shouldn't be really pointing too much fingers. But in the end, the system of our food supply is at a point where we really need to change. And vegans are pointing in the right direction. At least I think so. We need less animals if we eat more veg vegetables. But in this country, it's, it's an uphill battle, it really is. Uh, because our governments are, are just not working with us on this. They're, they're working in the opposite direction. They're working in the opposite direction with food, with pharmaceuticals, with oil, with all the big things. And if they don't, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. Well, you mentioned oil. And, and just from a standpoint, because I, I one of the reasons for me why it's really why I enjoy sitting down with somebody like you is because people go to a food truck, but they never really get to know what goes into the running that food truck, what goes into preparation and food. How is the current economy affecting your business or how are food supplies affecting your business right now? Well, the cost went up, so no, I make less profit. That's that's. Simple so we should do that GoFundMe page, making sure yeah, that... Well, <laughs> at, this point, at this point, I still can swallow it. I got lucky because in the beginning of the year, 
I raised my prices by a dollar. So okay. I got a, a, a 10, 15% margin increase, which roughly will assume about 10K over the year, something like that, which will cover the extra fuel cost that I will accumulate this year. Well, it's food costs. So it's I won't your, be making more, wear, I won't right? be making more money, but hopefully I won't be making much less either. I think this should actually cover it, but we'll see at the end of the year. No? That's, that's when I know. Right now, I don't know. When can people expect the next iteration of the Flying Fortress? When's the <laughs> next, when's that next, uh, you know, when's that next truck coming out? It depends a little bit on a particular person if 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 if, if that person will join me on my venture. That that that's really what I'm waiting for. Once I have that that okay, then we can really nail it down. But that being said, I mean even without that, I will still go ahead. I just can't do it as fast. Uh, I'm I'm a one man show, so I I can do as much as I can, but. I, I, if I don't have anybody sharing the responsibility and the managing part of this, that is really the, the, the kicker. I mean, if you look at my email inbox, you're going to get like, what the hell is going on here, man? And it's every day, every day, every day. And I'm trying to be faithful and answer at least 90% of them. Now, some is of the, most of it just, you know, businesses asking or people asking you to come it's, out to... It's, it's absolutely incredible. It's anything you can imagine from, from big corporation that wants me to come and do lunch, from private companies that wants me to do private luncheons, from birthday parties and funerals and weddings and... It's the whole spilada from the street festival that wants me to come, which I, by the way, do not do anymore at all. Uh, I, I do not need to go and fill out 20 million forms to sit in some road somewhere and hope that the weather will be good and I sell a thousand bratwurst sandwiches. No, I sit at a brewery. I wait for my 50 to 100 customer every time. They get nice food. They all come back. They say, oh, wow, this is happiness. This is so good. No, this is what I want. This is what I need. That's the fuel that will fuel me to go to the next level. Without it, I will sit in a field somewhere going, what the? <laughs> you know? It, 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 I get it. It is nice. I get it. I've done these things. It is nice when you have a 200 people line and they all want to eat. You know what I mean? It is a good feeling. And then you count the money at the end of the day. It is a really good feeling. But it's not a good feeling when you get stuck in the mud, when the, when the, when the paperwork wasn't right and you can't set up, when, when the fire marshal suddenly comes by and says there's a gas leak. And, 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 and. There's a million possibilities what can go wrong when you do all these kinds of things. So the, the, the work to get these gigs is 10 times worse than just sitting at a brewery so i you know in my mind i you you said you're a one-man operation right. you have your staff you have people that work with you they come to the truck and help me yes right it, how do you then decide where you, you're one person how do you then decide where you want to be or where you're going to be on any I'm, given event what it's, so you're not going to do the no big events, food festivals? No, no food festivals, so no just, events, nothing of that sort anymore at all. I mean, sometimes somebody knew, knows me from back in the day and they call me and say, hey, can't you come out? And okay, I sometimes, but it's very, very rare. I did one so far this year. And I think that will be the last one too. It was, it sucked. It was just because one of my brewer friends talked me into it. 
Uh, he said, oh, you don't have anything. No, but let's do this. It's great. Yeah, no. <laughs> never n- again. No, well, I don't know never again, but not under these circumstances. Let me, so, let me ask you something. I, yes. I, I just, I love our conversations when we're at the breweries or the wineries or liquid alchemy. What was it for you early on that those aha moments or those moments where you knew starting the Flying Deutschman, starting everything, you were on the right path. What were some of those aha moments? That's a really good question, actually. I have to think about that one a little bit. Uh, aha moments. I guess the first ones came early on at Clark Park. Right? I, I went down to Philadelphia and, and people could sit in the park with the plates and it really looked cool. And the people really had smiles on their faces and came back and said, wow, this is really good, man. You, you're onto something here. So that was, that was the first indication that I, I said, the food is good. The food is right. Now we have to find the, the people that like this food. Because now if you're down in South Philly, if it doesn't have onions and peppers on it, you can just basically forget it. <laughs> if it's not a cheesesteak. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's exactly, and, and and that is part of the culture problem because what you're doing is you're broadcasting ignorance, and if you're ignorant towards food, you say it's just food. You're missing the point. You're really missing the point. Food is the third most important thing in our life. Air is number one. Water is number two. Food is number. I was three. wondering where you're going to go with that. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Air is number one. After five minutes of no air, you're dead. Water number two after two days, three days or something like that, I think. No, a couple of days, you're dead. And food, you can survive maybe two weeks or something like that. And then you starve to death. So those are the three basic things that we need to live. Everything else, these cars and houses and all that other stuff, it's all man-made. It's all because we created a certain, certain social structure that this came about. But on the physical level on the biological level we need air water and food that's it so i'm involved in the third most important thing that anybody on this planet will ever do i find that very gratifying to be honest and when you now as a customer come and say well i want spätzle with that i'm gonna just shake my head and say well you have no clue about food i'm not saying they're bad i'm not saying that but it's not really a healthy food it's flowers eggs and water it's pasta it's no it's just gluten <laughs> you can eat it it's 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 not totally bad but if you eat always like that then it becomes see that was what was in my head as you were explaining that because Dawn and I, we love German food. We love Austrian food. Mm -hmm. Culturally speaking, we would much rather have something that's more akin to what you'd find if you were in that little town that you were. Exactly. You know, those foods. But look, then there are those things that are part of that food. Like you said, Spetzel, right? Mm -hmm. I mean... We don't eat that all the time, but we enjoy it. Of when course, it's and I do too. Right. I do too. It's just don't get too obsessed about it. It's just like when you, like I said, when you go down to South Philly and they want peppers and onion on it, they're obsessed about it. It's like they find that funny. It's not really funny. You need to know what food is doing to your body. You need to know what to eat and what not to eat so much of. Like no, when you eat, Potato chips, you can eat potato chips, they're nice. I eat potato chips. 
but I don't eat a super-sized bag in one session. Huh? I eat a little, whatever they are, half an ounce, these hers snack things. Huh? That's it. See, and then I know that's enough. I'm changing this whole segment that we do to inside the food truck. Because <laughs> you've provided so much insight on different things, which I knew you were going to do because it's, it's your passion. Yeah. It's not that you're opinionated. It's yes, I am. <laughs> oh, yes, you've got that perfectly spot on. I am mostly You really, I think that comes out of your passion, though. I think that, It does. That, that, yes, right, you're absolutely right. right. You're absolutely and, right. And, and if you're not going to communicate your passion, then you can't have an opinion. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's why this is, this is, this, Sterling, this has been like exactly, you, you've exceeded my expectations. And the time, I, we, it's just gone by and uh, now I'm going to lose you. We have to... No, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. It's my medicine, you know. It's all good. What I want to do is thank you. I'm grateful for this time to sit down and get to know you better. We, Like I said, we when we know, and I'll, I'll now make sure I say it right, the Flying Deutschman, uh, I'll, 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 I won't screw that up anymore. But when we know you're going to be there, we know the experience is going to be that much better. And to the raving fans that you have that do the same thing, you know, we, we look forward to seeing where you're going to be. How do people find you or how do people know where to find you? All right, there's a calendar tab on Facebook, which doesn't work on some phones. And there's a calendar on my website also. So, so it's not a tab, but it's right when you scroll up or down, the calendar populates and you can see where I will be from today to the end of December, I think we're booked now. To the end of December? Yes. Okay. Now, so this, web- this year we're pretty much booked. There's, there's, there's a couple of things, luncheons that I can do on a Wednesday or Thursday, but the weekends, the, the main days with the You're pretty much booked they're up. They're all booked. All Your booked. website, what is it? Uh, flyingdeutschmann.com. Okay. Or and Google German food truck. I'm number one, yes. All right, German food truck. I love it. And your website is the same thing. Flying Do- uh, F- Facebook is the same thing. Yes, yes, yes. Flying Deutschmann. Flying Deutschmann, yeah. I'm the Flying Deutschmann anywhere I go, including on my leg. In, in, until you become the Flying Englishman. But I have one more story. For yes. Finish so, with this one more story. One more grand illusion. Van Gogh illusion. When I have those four, four food trucks running, the, the final thing will be an augmented reality food truck. It's going to be a 53-foot trailer with a mobile 32-foot, 32-seat restaurant inside with an open kitchen and all the screens, the ceilings and the floors will be augmented reality. So you can dine at the Louvre or you can dine on top of the world, no, not what's that called, Freedom Tower, or you can dine, any whatever you can imagine, wherever you want to dine in the world, we can project it and you will be there. If you want to dine underwater with all the fishies swimming around, you can do that too. So that is the grand plan for, for how I think I'm going to put myself on the map as far as the restaurant industry goes. Great. Now Gordon Ramsay just heard your idea. and He has the money to do so. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. But listen, it, it doesn't matter. If, if, if anybody would do that, I would actually be on it because I, I think that ideas like that are... They're a little bit different than just making a restaurant. This is, this would be an experience. Well, I want you to do it because I can't wait I, to experience. I, to I can't it, wait yeah. to experience that. That'll be awesome, Sterling. Thanks for being a friend of Fermented Adventure and uh, just doing what you do because people like you make other people's lives better. And thank, thank you. you for doing that. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you. Thank you. And great, we can't wait to greatly see. Greatly appreciated. I hope you like the next schnitzel as, <laughs> as good as the first one was. <laughs> Thank you so much.